The uh, passage that we're looking at this morning is um, Colossians chapter 1, verses... Uh, the the main, main verses that we're looking at is 27 to 29, but I might just start a little bit earlier. And uh, Paul is speaking, is, is writing to them now about his ministry. He says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. And I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regards to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. This mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations, but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we might present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. Amen. Uh, where, um, there's lots of questions from that passage and um, quite a number of questions in that first bit uh, that I, uh, I actually prepared something and started to answer, but I, I kind of cut it off because um, I felt like God was wanting us to focus more on that second half. Um, looking at Paul's hope and his prayer for the Colossians and all those who would go on to follow Christ, that we would um, grow to be mature Christians, grow to be mature in Christ. When you think about maturity, um, the last time I heard maturity spoken about was actually on um, 882, I think it is now, um, 4 BC, used to be 1116, and I, I, I guess that makes me mature, doesn't it? Um, or boring, one of, the, one of the two. I was listening to it late at night and uh, on the way home from somewhere, and it was that talk back time and they're talking about maturity or the lack of maturity and the, the changes that people have seen. It was quite late at night, so the main people that were on there were, were truckies and um, people that couldn't get to sleep because they were still uh, awake, tried to get to sleep. And um, they, were, they were talking mostly about, um, I remember when. Um, and they'll say, I remember when we, we, we started, I started my first job at 12. And uh, I remember I started saving for my house at 15 and I bought one at 19. And uh, I remember when we didn't talk back to our parents or teachers. I remember when, and it, uh, on and on and on, um, basically, they talked about it. They talked about the contrast between uh, when and now. And there's a sense in which there is a tragedy of immaturity. Um, it's, uh, it can be both seen in our uh, culture at this moment. Um, sometimes that does, doesn't stay with the younger generation either. Uh, we see that across uh, generations. But there's something systematic in our culture that seems to be going on um, that is meaning that people are, to a degree, maturing um, later. 
and it's a, it's a systematic problem. And, and some have commentated that we don't just see this in the world, but we actually see this um, in church life as well. Paul, when he's speaking about those who believe in Christ, his, his desire for them is to be mature believers. And, and as I look at this passage, there's a, there's a few questions that come to my mind. I think it's helpful to ask questions of passages, to, 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 what, to kind of dig into what they're saying. And a couple of questions that come to my mind is, okay, Paul, what, what do you mean by maturity? When, when you say uh, Christian maturity, when you, when you talk about uh, being mature in Christ, what does that mean? What does it mean to be mature? He also seems to talk a lot about who um, this maturity is open to, and then also uh, a big question, which is uh, probably one of the, the most important questions, is, is how do we grow in maturity? Um, the how is, is always a really important thing, to, to know how we actually get there. So first of all, if we ask that, that first question, what is Christian maturity? I guess what, what we often have to do is, is pull back, um, pull into our minds what we already know about maturity. Uh, there's, there's physical maturity, and we see people go through that as they, as they get older, as a, a baby goes from um, lying to crawling to walking um, to, to when you become adults to really understanding how your body moves and works, so there's different levels of maturity physically as well. Um, we've got intellectual maturity, which takes a, a while to develop. It's the ability to reason, ability to think, um, ability to make decisions uh, given the, the information that's coming in. And then we have psychological maturity. And this is, this is probably the maturity that uh, those people on Talkback Radio were, were talking about there, the psychological maturity. That's the maturity of um, developing healthy relationships and also bearing responsibility and what comes with that of bearing responsibility in life. But Paul is talking about something a little bit different here. He's talking about spiritual maturity. And it, it, it tends to have a, a bit of a, a similarities to all those others. It's um, physical maturity and intellectual maturity and psychological maturity. Uh, there's, there's a journey, and uh, it, sometimes it goes, develops fast, sometimes it develops slower, sometimes there's setbacks, uh, sometimes there's detours. It's a bit like that in the Christian life as well, as we develop our maturity in Christ. Uh, journey is a, is a wonderful picture of being able to picture that. But when, when Paul talks about maturity, I think one of the, the key phrases that he uses to them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles this glorious, the, the glorious riches of the mystery, which is Christ in you. That, that Christ in you there, um, it's, it's our full experience and uh, experience that of Christ in us, of us being in Christ. He often talks about um, believers as being those who are in Christ, Christ in us. It's 
It's the degree to which we experience and that um, is outworked in our life, that is our maturity. And we think uh, about that in regards to, I think of Jesus, what he talks about in John, the, the vine and the branches and um, maturity is this, being in Christ is this connection with Jesus. It's this, it's this uniting with Jesus and, uh, and, and aligning with Jesus that, that our ways, or that his ways start to become our ways. Probably one of the, if I was to define it in a um, less, kind of, that's, that's quite a metaphorical um, way of describing it, being in Christ. Uh, another way we could describe this, and I think it should be on that next slide there. Yeah, that next one. Yes, is it's it's the to be mature is to effortlessly do what Jesus would do in any given circumstance, and the key word there is effortless. Effort. Ooh, wow, effortlessly. Um, it's these just these um, habitual responses to challenge or to difficulties that have, have developed in our life from walking with Christ, when it becomes habitual, when it becomes effortless, there is a degree of maturity there in Christ. I want to give you an example of this uh, in a total different area. Um, this is my bike that I had in Africa. It's a, um, it was a beautiful bike, KTM 450. And uh, I... Um, to become a mature rider, that effort, effortlessly, um, or habitual things that you do, are very, very important. You actually can't uh, strive. Um, it, the, striving isn't necessarily, or, or really thinking through, doesn't make you a, a really mature rider. It's when stuff becomes second nature, where you don't even have to think, and that's kind of when, when you're... Hmm, some people call it being one with the bike. Is that, is that right, Andrew? And, yep. Um, when there's a sense of being one with that bike. Um, I think of, of times when I'd be going along the, uh, the road and you would be doing 80Ks or so and you'd have a big truck coming this way. These are small roads. Big truck coming this way. You've got someone with a whole heap of uh, sticks on their head over this side. You know, if they turn like this, you're, you're in trouble. Um, and you're kind of threading a needle down the, down the middle of them. Um, and sometimes you'll actually come across a big pothole in the roads. And uh, like, these, are, these are big potholes. Um, we, we've got little mini potholes in Australia. These are uh, a foot, foot and a half deep. And uh, that's not so great with a bike when I'm 90 kilos and we've got a bike that's um, pretty light, but 120, 130 kilos. Uh, you hit that thing and, you, and you're in a bit of trouble. So what you've got to do is, what, what naturally comes to your mind is you slow down, but you don't want to slow down. Because what happens if you slow down is all that weight goes to the front tyre, and that front tyre is going straight in that pothole, and, uh, and, and you're coming off that bike. Um, also, the ground can be a bit slippery as well. So what you've got to do is basically, as you come to it, you stand up on your bike because if you hit it, um, sitting down, you're going to be flung off as well. So you use your legs as suspension. You preload the bike, so you put uh, weight through the suspension so it compresses. And then just before you get to it, you, uh, you, 
that, that bike comes back up and you also accelerate, so it takes the force off that front tyre and it kind of comes to the, to the back of the bike and it's almost like you float over, um, over these potholes and you, you hardly even feel it. Um, foot and a half, it's a little bit different, but you at least, at least make it. All of that has to happen in a split second. You can't be thinking about that. That just has to be habitual. Um, that is maturity in writing, and there's all sorts of different areas in writing and, and all sorts of different areas in life. You think of any sport that you've got good at, that you've got mature at, you're not actually thinking about it, you're just doing it because it's, it's become who you are. And that, that's an aspect of Christian maturity. That, that's where we actually want to get to, where when the going gets tough and, and when things are really hard and when no one's seeing us, that our natural, instinctual um, reaction is in alignment with Jesus and his ways. Um, that's, that's Christian maturity. So that's a, the first one, what is Christian maturity? Um, next one is, is, who has access to this Christian maturity? Now, this is a, this is a big deal for Paul, um, not such a big deal today. Uh, but a big deal for Paul because basically there were people coming in and saying um, that there are these deeper levels of Christianity with secret knowledge uh, that you can access and Paul's coming in and saying, no way, I'm not having anything to do with this. Um, access to Christ, access to, to growth in Jesus is for everyone. And that's why we see in that passage, it, um, it says... He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Uh, in, the, in the Greek, it's actually, it's actually three everyones um, in this little short little, little passage. Uh, so Paul is making a point. Everyone, everyone, everyone. Um, this is his desire for everyone and is accessible for everyone. So let's go on to the uh, possibly the most important, and that is how. How do we actually develop in our maturity as believers, as followers of Jesus? Uh, Joe Packer, he was a theologian that has now gone to be with the Lord, and he wrote a, a wonderful book called Knowing God, uh, really, really classic. And in the preface, he has this little quote that... Um, always stands out to me, it's, he says, uh, pygmy Christians, okay, not quite sure where that went wrong, but um, ba basically what he's meaning to say, uh, I've obviously misquoted him there, is um, so often we have pygmy Christians because uh, we, we have a pygmy God. Um, Pygmy Christian, a pygmy, uh, we've, we had lots of pygmy animals in Togo, and they're little mini animals. They kind of didn't grow much more, goats much more than this. And uh, basically, it's because they didn't have much to feed on, um, because there's not much nutrition, there's not much to feed on, they just stay kind of small, and they've kind of been genetically like that, uh, to survive on not much. But what we have is... Uh, there's, there's Christians that stay pygmy as well 
because they have a truncated understanding of God or understanding of Jesus. And uh, Paul, Paul here is, is really wanting the, the Colossi- the, these, this church in, um, in the book of Colossians and for us to have a big picture of God. I think of, uh, of if we just go back, we looked at this uh, about a month ago now, and, and he's really setting up not a pygmy God, but an incredibly high and amazing God. I think it was, um, it was Augustine that said something like, um, God is closer than we are actually to ourselves, and yet he's higher than we could ever reach. Um, so there's, there's this incredible closeness of God to us, but He is also greater that uh, we, we could try and, and, and reach the heights of Him and we'll just keep trying and trying and trying. Um, Paul says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers of authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in all things, He holds all things together, and He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile Himself all things. And it keeps going. Uh, Paul, Paul's desire is that they would have a high view of Jesus, that they would see Him as, as, as He truly is. This, this makes sense, and this is, this is so important for Paul as he, as he writes to these people. The reason he wants them to have a high view of God is because our view of God often is reflected in how we live it actually has something significant to do with our transformation into the likeness of Christ as well. He explores this in 2 Corinthians. He says, And we all, with unveiled faces, so it's talking about Christians, it's talking about followers of Jesus, who can now see Jesus and His ways, can understand Him. And we all, with unveiled faces, Behold the glory of the Lord. So we behold something of who Jesus is and what He's about. Because of that, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So here's the, here's the idea, is that there's this, there's this deep mystery that as we, as we look towards Jesus... Um, in our life and, and look towards Him in Scripture, as we, as we keep Him as the centre of our focus, what happens is that there's this transforming work that actually happens in us as we, as we set our eyes towards Him. Uh, this, is, this is a mystery that we're, we're going to actually um, talk about a, a little bit now. As, as we look towards Jesus, the launch grade seven and eight kids at the moment they're going through a series looking at some of the um the christian disciplines um i think they're looking at fasting and bible reading and bible memorization and silence and solitude and prayer they're looking at a number of those different things 
And these are, these are all things that help us to grow in our, um, in, our, in our maturity, in our walk with Jesus. But what we're doing basically in them is it's helping us look to Jesus. Because I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but as I look back through my life and I look at the things that have really made a significant change in me, I think of the, the hundreds and, and maybe thousands of sermons that I've heard, but when I, when I look at the common denominator of when something really kind of just got me and, uh, and, and something happened, it, it wasn't necessarily the quality of the speaker, it was the quality of the encounter and the experience of God at that moment. You've had those times when, when you're listening and, and there's good stuff, but all of a sudden, God takes something and He just breathes on it. And, and it may not even be the, 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 the actual point that that person had, but God takes something and He, he takes it just for you and He just goes, there. And there's, there's something special about that. We long for, for encounters and experiences of God where He takes something and He breathes on it, and it, it because it gives us life. It, it's, a, it's an experience of the, of the transcendent reality of this relationship that we have with Jesus. I think of times when we're taking communion and um, it, is, it is a good thing for us to do and uh, it, it's always meaningful but there's, there's times in which we come there and we, we take a little bit of time to examine ourselves and sometimes God just goes, that. That there in your life, it's not in alignment with me. And it is, it is genuine, uh, it, is, it is most often gentle. And he just comes and he says, that's not in alignment with me. It's not good for you. Um, that, needs to, that needs to come back into alignment with, with me. And when he does that, there is, yes, this conviction, but there's also an empowerment to be able to come back in alignment with Him. That, that's an experience, it's an encounter with the, with the living God that does something for us. That it, it's, it's life, it's like life is, is being breathed into us. I think of as we, um, we've actually changed the service around a little bit, as you might have noticed, there's only a couple of songs at the beginning, we're going to have a few more at the end this time. And... Uh, also, if you've got your uh, offering with you, couldn't find the box at the back, um, we're actually going to do that in a, in a physical way um, this morning as well. We're going to go to sing some songs uh, shortly, and one of the things uh, about when we come to sing to God, to, to worship Him together, uh, there's times where when our, when our heart and our minds are focused towards Him, and, and there's an encounter and, and, and an experience of God, of being in His presence, of being in His throne room. And, uh, and it's, it's life. Those, all those things are, are wonderful. Uh, but it's, the, it's, it's God, when we encounter Him, when we, when we experience Him and He breathes, into our lives and into the circumstances of what's happening. That's when, when life and maturity and we, we start to really develop.
just want to look a little bit more. Uh, maturity often develops as we are tested. Uh, I think of uh, with learning to ride or um, learning to drive a car, it's actually through trials. Uh, as someone pulls out in front of you or as you get onto the slippery road or um, as you have to do a really hard uh, hill start, uh, there's, there's different things as trials come in that process of learning, it actually refines us and it makes us a more mature uh, rider or, or, or driver. And it's the same with the Christian life. Uh, our, our faith is actually being matured as we, as, as, we, as we come across different trials in life. I think this is the reason why James says, "'Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trial, trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance. Perseverance uh, must finish this work so that you may be mature and complete.'" not lacking anything. The, these trials that come in our life, what they do is they, they test our faith and, and they, they actually refine it. And although they can be difficult at the time, it's actually developing in us a work, a maturity that is making us stronger and, and shaving us off, moulding us more into the likeness of who um, Jesus is. Uh, there's something else, and it's, uh, it's, it's not just trials. Uh, it's, it's something that Christian writers and uh, Christians throughout history have actually spoken about. And it, it's, it's not a trial, it's not a momentary thing. It's actually a wall. Um, sometimes in our Christian life, we come to a wall. And, and what a wall feels like is it, it feels like you're just stuck, like you, like you can't go anywhere. Um, it feels like the things that were so important to you in your faith, the things that worked in the past, just kind of stop working. And it, it, it could, it's a really hard time. There's, there's questions that remain unanswered, we don't know where God is, we don't know what He's doing, we don't know where He's taking us, and we don't know how long we're going to be in this situation. That's different from a trial. That's a wall. And uh, we, we can have walls in our, in, in our Christian journey. And these walls are, are actually really important. Because if once God takes us through that wall... And walls are difficult to get through. Once, we, once God takes us through that wall, we come into a new experience of, of who He is and a, a, there's a new richness to our communion with Him. For some of us, these walls will come um, about in a time of crisis. Uh, maybe a loss of job or loss of business. Maybe someone dies who's really close to us. Maybe there's uh, this, this long-term thing that we've longed for and there's this realisation that I'm actually not going to get that, this thing that I've so desperately longed for. Sometimes it's just this disillusionment with something that happens um, in, in the church that can cause this wall. Uh, there's, there's many things in life. Sometimes it's just we seem to lose the joy of our walk with Christ, and it causes this wall um, that we kind of come across. I think of 
uh, we, we actually have in Scripture quite a number of walls that are uh, quite a number of people that experience these walls. I think of David in the wilderness as um, Saul is after him. That's a pretty major wall. We have the disciples as uh, at the crucifixion. That creates a pretty major wall for them that God had to bring them through, uh, just like He brought David through. We have Moses. We have multiple walls that he goes through. But what we notice at each of these walls is that they're really difficult. But if if you can remain faithful to God in that time, that even though I'm not feeling it, but God, I know you're there and I trust you, that He brings us through that wall and there's something uh, wonderful on the other side. I sometimes wonder whether churches or even churches of whole, whole nations can actually um, come to walls at the same time as well. Where what where we just feel stuck and what, what's, what, what once works uh, doesn't seem to work quite the way it, um, it, it once did. We need, to, we need to sit at that wall, continuing to trust God. In, uh, when I think of my life, I, I probably, I can think of four walls uh, that I've been through. And uh, they've, been, they've been really hard walls and it's, it's been disorientating, and it's been, it's been extremely difficult. One of them was uh, when I was... Try to pick one. Um, one of them was, was when I saw incredible suffering. Um, when, when, we, when we landed over in Africa, there was uh, incredible suffering that I... I I remember this, this, what tipped it over the cliff actually was when someone brought me their little girl, a uh, little baby toddler, and this little baby toddler was, had, had, um, had passed away because their parents couldn't afford to the, uh, the Z fee, the, the taxi fee, to be able to take them to the hospital to get some malaria medication. And that, that rocked me. And I sat at that wall. I pressed on that wall for a good few months. And um, it, was, it, was, it was difficult, actually. Uh, there, was, there was times I thought, um, this, this just doesn't make sense. All-powerful God, um, who is all-loving, and, and this is what I'm seeing. And it was through sitting at that wall with Jesus, um, leaning on that wall, that eventually, and it happened actually quite fast, is that God took me through that wall and there was a deeper, um, more, more grounded understanding of who God is, of His love and His, and his love for this, this world. I'm glad that I went through that wall, even though it was pretty difficult. We, we go through walls um, in the Christian life. But the tragedy is is that walls can actually be a, 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 a stop for our Christian development, our Christian journey. Walls aren't meant to stop us, we're meant to lean into us, and God, God kind of pulls us through them in His own way. Um, but sometimes they're a stop. And what happens in life is, is that sometimes we'll hit a wall and we'll kind of just bounce back off it. Or we'll hit a wall and instead of leaning into it, 
waiting for God to pull us through it to, to, a, to a new experience of Him and, and of reality, what happens is we kind of just come back from it and we camp out behind the wall and we get stuck. And uh, we, we do a few things to deal with that stuckness. Uh, some of the things we do is we just kind of lower our expectations of our walk with Jesus and we just kind of go, well, obviously what I was longing for, and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not actually attainable. There's, there's a wall there. And so we lower expectations and um, that, that's one thing that we can do. Another thing that we can do is we can kind of go, well, I guess I can't find what I'm looking for there, so what I'll start doing is I'll start looking in my life for other things that can truly satisfy me. And, and we do that in, in all different areas. We kind of go, we look here and we look here and we keep finding that they keep slipping through our hands because they don't truly satisfy. And we, we come back up to that wall again and uh, we don't stay there long enough and then we start looking around and uh, God's saying, come back to that wall. I want to take you through it. Sometimes it causes bitterness and cynicism to grow in our hearts. We just sit beside the wall looking at it and going, getting more and more bitter in our hearts. What God wants us to do is He wants us to come to that wall. He doesn't want us to sit away from it, behind it. He wants us to lean on it. And, and what this leaning look like, looks like is it's, even though I don't feel it, Lord, I trust you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place my, myself in places where you can speak to me, and Lord, I, I surrender to you. Because it's often a, a purifying time where God kind of takes away those things that we, um, we, have, we have set up, and, and He says, I, I want to do a fresh work, I want to do a rewiring in you, in the way that you see me, in the way that you see things that work, and your experience with me. Keep leaning there, when we keep leaning on the, on the goodness and the love of our God, He pulls us through. And as, as I've been reading about people, some people, um, it's been written in history about, a, um, it's been called a dark night of the soul, they can go on for a long time, and uh, the, the actual coming out of that can be very, very quick. Um, we get, we get, it's, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, and then God takes us to a new level. But again and again and again, the testimony of those who have been at this wall is that if you lean on it for long enough, trusting in the good God, what He does is He carries us through to new levels of life and experience of Him. So I wonder whether you might be in, at a wall at the moment. What I want to encourage you is to keep leaning on that wall and asking for Him to pull you through that. Whatever you need to do, Lord, in my life, would you do that? Because I want to know you more. I want a new experience of you. Maybe you know that you've hit that wall at some stage else in your right life. Maybe it was through a crisis or it's just through just not feeling that joy anymore. You've kind of just come back and either there's been a bitterness, um, either you're looking for some other things that will satisfy that they never quite do, or maybe it's just this disengagement, lowering of expectations. I wonder if God's calling you back to that wall and saying, I want you to pass through that because I've got something better for you on the other side.
Keep leaning on me. Keep leaning on my faithfulness. Maybe, um, maybe you're not at a wall at the moment, and that's, um, that's wonderful. Keep pursuing those things. Keep pursuing, uh, keep pursuing God. And uh, those, those trials that come along in life will keep, to, keep refining and maturing you. I want to invite the worship team up now. We've got a couple of songs that we're going to sing and uh, I just encourage you to, to really um, focus your mind towards Him. Uh, it's so easy to sing these songs and, uh, and, and just kind of to sing them, uh, just, just go into autopilot, but, but we really want to stay focused and really direct our mind and our focus towards, um, towards God, towards Jesus and keep him at the center, uh, look towards him, because when we look towards him, he starts to align ourselves uh, with him. Father, we, we are so grateful for your word. We, we're so grateful for the, this journey that you're taking us on. Lord, we thank you for the wonder of, of when we first, uh, where, where it first kind of lit up in our mind that you love us and that you have a plan for us and you have a destiny for us and that you gave your life for us. We thank you for the joy of our salvation that came at that moment and for the, the enduring re reality of that. Father, I, I, uh, I just want to lift up to you particularly uh, those who are at walls in their lives right now. Maybe they've, they've kind of come back from it or maybe they're right at it now. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would give us the courage and the faith to be able to lean on that wall, to be able to, to, to lean on you and your faithfulness and your goodness to us, and that you may, you may pull us through to new levels of understanding and new levels of experience of, and richness of communion with you. Minister to us now, Lord, as we, as we turn our faces towards you and worship you. Amen.